Welcome, everyone, to the Enter the Vortex podcast with Carol and Erin, where we share our experiences and opinions on the metaphysical and physical aspects of life as we know it. Today, we are talking about the history of witch hunts, the vilification of women, and how that plays out in patriarchal societies that we live in today, as well as the various twists of mirrors and parallels between men and women. So sit back, get ready, because this is one wild ride. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it's it's been fun. My little one has been uh, <laughs> playing around while trying to sleep. So she, I, I she napped in her uh, in the chair that's in her room instead of her bed this morning or this afternoon. So <laughs> that was cool. fun. I actually, I have a random tangent to go on before we get started. <laughs> the best ever it it popped into my head when I was coming downstairs to record this um because I saw that she was sleeping on the chair and like I mean she's sleeping like through the arms of the chair with her feet on a stool it's really funny but I was like you can't sleep like that because my adult body feels like that would hurt but you know she's a child so they don't they can sleep in anything and they'd be fine um so I instead picked her up and like put her into her bed and she sort of woke up, but not really. And I'm like, I wonder how many times I'm going to be able to do that and actually have her wonder if she's like teleported in her sleep or like if the aliens are abducting her or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, that'll be so much fun. Like she'll, she'll tell me one day, she's like, mom, I, I fell asleep here and I woke up over here. What happened? And I'd be like, yeah, that was aliens. <laughs> I would be that parent also. Oh, geez. Like, something, there's, like, that meme about how, like, um, something along the lines of, like, there actually are monsters under your bed. Just ask your brother. I don't have a brother. Exactly. Is the answer. And, like, well, yikes. Like, that's traumatizing. But also funny AF. Like, funny AF. <laughs> I well, I think, I think I've seen, like, memes or something like that of, like, parents who have, like, artificially aged their children in pictures. And then have pictures of them all over their house. And they'd be like, well, who's that? And be like, well, that's you. You've you traveled from the future, blah, 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 or something like that. It'd be like so trippy. I mean, probably also psychological damage, but whatever. <laughs> it's okay. I can heal that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyways, totally off topic from what we're talking about today. That's all right. That's all right. I am currently chill to the bone. I spent the most of the later part of the afternoon outside watching my nephew's playoff game sadly they lost however I have this like chill in my body that feels like no matter how much hot water I pour on my skin no matter how red the skin is when I come out of the shower I'm still feel like I'm going to be shivering it's just that time of year where it's like damp and it's pretend warm during the day so you leave with a sweater and you need to come home with a winter coat on because it, as soon as the sun goes down it just like zaps any life force right out of you and it's like gets right into your entire being so my teeth start chattering you guys now you know why <laughs> well I mean I guess it didn't help that you and I were you know exploring oh. the uh, the forests last night with the uh, auroras going on so absolutely that is very true although I feel like I was actually warmer last night while we were like hanging around taking pictures but we didn't have a wind last night when we were taking pictures whereas today today the wind was coming from like the north northwest 
and where the bleachers are at this field it was like whipping me right up the side of the face here oh. and I had my hood up and it didn't matter I had a toque on and I had so many layers and the scarf was like up around my face and I still feel like it got it just on that one little inch of skin that it could get into and it's like I'm gonna get into your being <laughs> <laughs> even like the tops of my feet are cold <laughs> Uh, I think that's the downside of living where we live. Yeah. <laughs> Let us look up the weather. This is that weird, awkward in-between weather. But it makes the leaves falling really beautiful. Because I was at a, on a hike earlier with a friend, not today, um, but we stopped in that one section of um, the Chickadee where it becomes all those aspen trees. Oh. And the trees, they, they're finally starting to have their leaves fall. And it really felt so magical because you see all of the like leaves twirling and spinning and I wish the video on my camera was like a little more detailed because it almost doesn't do mother nature justice. Like same with our pictures of our Aurora last night. Like, mm -hmm. I just don't think that, I mean, my camera could actually pick up better than what my eyes could, but I still feel like it was more magnificent near the end of it. Once we started to wrap up than when we started. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know things to look forward to in the winter yes absolutely <laughs> anyways today right. we are talking about or exploring the topic of witchcraft in a little bit of a more detailed manner um i have some um obviously i have opinions on this um <laughs> i still i'm not 100 percent sure if i'm like fully plugged into the grid of witchcraft or if I really just like playing in it, because I could take or leave the practice. I mean, it's been beneficial to me. I enjoy doing it, but yet I don't do it consistently. Like I'm not waiting for the full moon. I'm not waiting for the new moon. I could care less like about that. If I need to do a candle spell, I'm going to do the candle spell. I'm not going to wait till Mars, Quince, Tux, whatever, like Chiron are probably not a good idea with those two together. But anyway, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a good topic to explore based that it, in the lunar cycle, we are in lunar Samhain today with it being new moon as on the day of recording. It's like Thursday here, but you'll hear this on Monday. So whatever. <laughs> um, but just to kind of honor that ending of that season and now we're transitioning towards winter solstice which used to be not my favorite until my dad pointed it out to me he's like why would you not be excited about winter solstice that's when the days start getting longer again and I was like oh yeah that's a valid argument <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I I mean I'm very maybe not similar but like I've dabbled in the whole witch stuff. I've tried, like, I mean, I when I was 12, I went through and I, you know, the dawn of the internet and I'm like going through all of the pages I could consume about witches and witchcraft and spell work, but it never really stuck. And it always felt like hollow or flat to me. Mm. And it like, try as I might, I just can't get into it. Like if I was going to I don't even know what I would classify myself as. Like, I don't really identify as like pagan or new age or witchy or whatever. Like you could use all of those to describe me, but they're not, they're not what I would identify as. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like the wheel of the year is something that I would really love to start incorporating and like celebrating and actually going through. But again, I'm just like so far, I guess, unplugged from that grid that I'm just like, Meh, I guess it's like Yule and Samhain are the two that I actually like adore. And then I'm starting to kind of get on the whole Beltane train. Um, mm -hmm. Other than that, I'm like, 
what is uh litha like we're okay in block oh cool all right i don't even know if i pronounced this stuff correctly but i am fascinated by it all um but what i think draws me in is it reminds me of like i guess original or past timelines or i kind of look at where the world is at with their belief system now and the rebel that i have within is like i don't like this shit. i want to do something a little more old school traditional but still make it my own so mm -hmm. i can't say that i'm new age either although i might use some of the buzzwords but when i think back to like nordic timelines that really draws me in um and so i thinking about like well what did humans do on the planet before christianity before all the other religions became this mass like i don't want to say the word brainwashing but that's kind of what it feels like so sorry for those of you that get offended by that <laughs> it's not the intention um triggers yeah exactly check your triggers like if you need help walking through them then like hit me up i'll help you um but it just to me feels like rather than it's also capitalism too kind of is really eating away at me lately especially in the last couple of years realizing like i going through all the stuff in my house and not wanting to deal with the stuff that i have in storage and going through my christmas decorations alone i'm like we were talking about this earlier today how i said i don't know if i'm even going to put up a tree this year but i will happily go and collect cedar and make a beautiful cedar bow and i have a beautiful um candelabra that i'll probably intertwine it around and i mean i might use the fake red berries because i'm not looking for real red berries in the winter time because i don't want to die of poisoning thank you very much um but I look at it as if I want to be off the grid and out of the capitalist belief um, or whatever shopping patterns we'll say, if I'm living in the forest, I'm going to go into the forest and grab pine bows or cedar bows or whatever is available to me in the fall and the winter and that's how I'm going to decorate. Then I don't have to worry about storing my tree, plugging it into the wall. I don't know that I would go with the real candle root on the trees because that's a little terrifying to me. Um, that sounds like you're flirting with danger a, a little too much yeah i'm actually also a little hesitant about having a wood stove as my source of heat in a home um it's something that i would probably really really research but i feel like my akashics are showing on that I one i was gonna because, say because i do someone, know that yeah as someone who grew up with a wood stove uh, nothing beats that heat <laughs> yeah yeah that's true i mean i've slept in cabins that have that as an option and it definitely felt sauna like um, oh, it's, it's like I don't heaven. know that I yeah I don't know that I could sleep solidly because I I kept like waking up to make sure that it was okay and it wasn't like sparking. But I guess it would be a different story if I if it was my own building and I I was the one that made sure that or well not me specifically like I'm gonna hire somebody let's be honest to make sure that it's up to current code and understand the safety of it and we actually have a cast iron stove that was inherited. I don't even know we've had it in our shed forever we don't use it it's just our coal storage right now but that is my goal to have a cabin in the woods and that will be incorporated whatever the codes are going to be required to do that like the fire codes but and the cast iron pot i can go full pagan i'm to i'm totally down with that full <laughs> pagan lifestyle but i don't necessarily it's not that i if i don't do that i'm also okay with having modern technology you know living in an apartment and having knowing that there's a hardwired fire alarm smoke detector uh, carbon monoxide detector and sprinkler system definitely gave me peace of mind when the fire alarm goes off at three o'clock in the morning and you have to evacuate because someone triggered it <laughs> so there's that too yeah <laughs> but i think your akashics are showing on that one 
probably true. <laughs> well, yeah, that is true. I do have a few timelines where there was fire involved in my in my existence. So <laughs> fair enough. Back to witches. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those days, huh? Oh, oh well, well okay. I mean to be to be fair, if we look at witches, historically speaking, what happened to them? <laughs> Or at least what's the, the culturally accepted thing that had happened to them? I mean, lots of them had been stoned to death and had been hung and things like that. You know, I think the burning of the stake, I don't know why that became like a big thing. Like, where did that come from? Like, I know it happened, but like, why was that the one that everyone was like, oh my God, burn the witches. You know what I mean? Yeah, that almost felt like it became the buzzword of the times and I know that a lot of people mistakenly associate what happened in Salem with that, but Salem didn't ha- didn't burn their witches. Salem hung them and stoned them, like you said, like to the point where they would place heavy rocks upon the body and continue to add more and more heavy rocks. So it's not even stoning to death, because when I see stoning, I think of people throwing rocks. Yeah. But they were actually crushed to death. So, and literally you were damned if you did and you damned if you didn't, because the way that they, back then, they're, they're, what is the word the way that they did their trials or their justifications was like you know throw the witch in the water and if she floats she's a witch but if she drowns she's not a witch but if she drowns she's also dead so it doesn't fucking matter you couldn't win <laughs> no well and same thing too like when i mean we're we're jumping ahead like i mean i, I i'm assuming that most people have heard of salem mm-hmm. have heard of you know what they did in salem how that all started so mm-hmm. that's fair um but like even even when they were crushing people with the rocks like they would pile on more and more weight until you would get a confession mm-hmm. and that confession would only mean you get all the rocks off of you that was it like you'd still die yeah you know That's like true. you just weren't crushed to death <laughs> just, I, I know i'm trying to think back i actually think historically speaking like historical timeline speaking the Salem witch hunts and the witch trials were actually the end of that mm-hmm. because if you trace it back hit the rewind to Europe where it originated with that Malifa whatever Maleficorum BS I don't even want to give it the right name because I I think it's bollocks but anyway um I, th- I wouldn't want to I keep getting pinged with 14 in the 1400s but I'm wondering if it maybe even started a little bit sooner than that because it kind of coincided with the Christian belief system kind of trying to overtake the pagan belief system. And this is where when you're unsure of something or you don't understand something's power, it can become amplified or hysterical. And it really did get amplified to the hysteria that it became, which is what we talk about the most. But I also feel like the majority of the history that is written about it is biased because a lot of books are written the only ones that ever actually got published were the ones that were written by men. So is it an honest account of history? I'm not 100% sure on that because the majority of those books speak about, and they really vilify women for what they, what they were practicing. And it's really, and I really think if you take away all the layers of hysteria and anger and, and projections and expectations and judgments that were placed upon that era of time and the people that lived in those times, if you really take all of that off, what you see underneath is really just that these people didn't understand the ways and, you know, something bad happens, which was may or may, like coincidentally happened concurrently at the same time. And, you know, then the, then the false targeting 
happened where, well, let's blame this person because they happened to see that happen the day before, or they were in the area the day before. Like there was obviously not a lot of discernment going on back then because it was barely like people were really easily corruptible and easily swayed by like what society was doing. And I, and I do see elements of that playing out again currently in the current world stage, but it's still different, but it still has those like parallel, I guess. Yeah. Resonances is the word I'm looking for. Well, and it's like, let's just call it a, like call a spade a spade. This was more a, an attack on women than it was about witches because if you actually, and I mean, like, yeah, there's no way that you can prove that someone was a witch or not. Like, their, his, like their, I guess, historic ways of proving these things were like, oh, you have a random mole here, and that's your witch's mark. Or, um, yeah. <laughs> I have one right here, you guys. Right there. <laughs> right on my the face. third nipple. Like, whatever, <laughs> guys. <laughs> that's where I would feed my familiar, you know, like it was so, so stupid. Um, you know, or for example, being left-handed, that's me. I would be branded a witch. Um, being attractive, branded a witch. Um, you know, you are, uh, denying the advances of a man. You must be a witch. That still happens. Sorry, Tinder. Sorry, Tinder, it still happens. Yeah. Um, but like so many things, right? Like, maybe you're a woman whose husband died and you're now a widow and you own land and you're high, like you're successful. You must be a witch. Yeah. Like, I mean, we could kind of go down that route of Elizabeth Bathroy mm-hmm. here who was, Oh God, I think she was somewhere in Eastern Europe. I, I don't know if it was Hungary or something else, uh, some other country around there, but mm-hmm. she was extremely um, good at running her, husband's estate after he passed off uh passed off passed on (laughs) and she had a lot of um a lot of males in like that were you know kind of under her husband's rule at the time Mm -hmm. who didn't like that she was now in power and that she wasn't going to remarry so what did they do they created this false story about how she would bathe in the blood of virgins and they create like everyone that they in- interviewed, they had like this whole inquisition type of thing. And everyone that they did in- like an inquisit uh, with uh, essentially was under duress or torture or was paid off to lie about how she was bathing in the blood of virgins. And what they That's ended up doing with this poor woman is they ended up convicting her, which like, I'm sorry, when you're a poor woman, she wasn't poor, but when you're a woman, and all of your enemies, I guess you could say, were men, they're all going to band together because, yeah, that's just how it is. And essentially, she was convicted. And instead of, like, killing her off, like, as they would normally, um, what ended up happening was she was actually bricked into her room. So they sealed her off into her room Mm -hmm. so that her estate would actually be inherited by a cousin of hers because if they killed her, then it would have went somewhere else. So it was really really fascinating how this kind of all played out but yeah like again that was one of these women that you know just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and was vilified for it Mm -hmm. when you said her name it pinged me as to why she 
like that name sounded familiar because I actually don't know the details, but I remember watching a video from like Murders, uh, Mysteries and Makeup, Makeup and mm -hmm. Mysteries, Bailey Starian. She, she does some really cool, interesting um, like recaps of past history. And she, I remember watching one of her videos and that was somebody she had spoken about. Now, mm -hmm. I don't remember the details of what she said um, because it doesn't sound the same as your account because I think that her version was probably a little bit more like what? the rest of the world was led to believe about it her was, it was more of the if I, if I remember correctly I think her her story was more along the lines of like what the the victors had written in terms mm. of her bathing in the blood of virgins and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. so yeah that's interesting it really makes me like question how much of our history well probably all of it we've actually been lied about you know because if it's only coming from a certain specific lensing and you're only getting it from the same quote unquote source of information, but that source of information is in power to, to curate what you hear. This is where our intuition and our discernment plays the role as the judge instead, because you have to decide, does that fall flat for me? Or is there a thread of truth in here? And then to find where that thread of truth is to follow and track because if we are just taking everything at face value off of the television, off of the radio, off of the newspaper, and not thinking about the other side of the story, mm -hmm. then we're not giving it its full, like, authentic version. And I can guarantee you, like, I've, I've experienced things firsthand, even when I was a young kid, I remember being turned off by the media because something had happened on my school grounds and I happened to witness it. I was one of the group of kids that had witnessed what had happened. And when they were repeating it on the media, they blew it way out of proportion. And man, there was like 10 of us girls that were like, that isn't what freaking happened. We were there, we saw, but they're not going to interview kids because with children are often painted as not credible and they're often painted as liars and you can't believe anything out of a child's mouth. Well, and then also historically that plays into witchcraft as well, because that's what happened in Salem. It was the young kids that kind of started that whole giant lie that happened and there was what I think eight or nine or 13 or more I don't actually know but it was not like hundreds of people killed in Salem it was less than it was less than 50 I think I could be wrong about that yeah I'm, I'm trying to remember how many I think there was like 118 okay well it wasn't thousands like it was in Europe I remember it being no. a smaller number yeah it was definitely a smaller number well because I mean if you want to look up the whole entire like time of um like the witch hunts like i'm mm -hmm. sure that there's been thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people who had actually died through that and a majority of them were women yes right? so. absolutely absolutely and it really did become um a witch craze and a hysteria driven society and that actually reminds me of this book that i read um I was laying on the beach and I was researching the history of witchcraft at that time a couple years ago and uh where did it go here we go anyway the book is called witch craze a new history of the European witch hunts and it's written by a woman and I was reading this on the beach um the author's name is Anne Lelwyn uh Barstow 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 Anne A-N-N-E and then the last name is Barstow B-A-R-S-T-O-W um, and just a little snippet that you can read on like the chapters website, whatever book website, it says, in the 16th century, a rise in sexual violence in European society was exacerbated by pressure from the church and state to change basic sexual customs 
as the century since have shown in escalating levels of both violence, general and sexual, and of state control, the witch craze can be considered important, even a model of some aspects of what modern Europe would be like. And just to take a sidestep from that write-up, historically speaking, this was already happening in Europe, and then a lot of settlements started happening over here in North America. So they essentially brought that witch craze with them, which is what happened in Salem. And that's why Salem was kind of the end of it, because I think they finally realized that they weren't necessarily helping matters by following the mass hysteria instead of taking a look at what the real the real deal was and this author I really loved what she said in the beginning of like the book when you read like the intro she speaks about how she's one of the first women to give a historical account of the witch craze that happened um, from a feminist perspective and she really alludes it to being um, a holocaust of women and yes also children and it really is, it really is like that. And I know those are really strong words to say, but if you take a look at the history of it, and if we're talking centuries worth of chasing after women and like, what kind of an Akashic imprint is that gonna place upon women, like the collective of women, anyone that identifies as a woman is going to feel that if they're still plugged in and checked in on that, because they we still to this day are told, it's, it's very victim blaming language in the news. like when you hear violence against women, it's like, well, she shouldn't have been dressed that way or she shouldn't have been out late at night. Well, or how about you fucking control your anger and your sexual urges on the other side of it? And maybe you shouldn't have been out that late. Maybe you should be controlling your anger and your issues. Like maybe you shouldn't have been dressed with a mask on your face and, a, and with a knife in your hand kind of thing. Like we don't, we don't think about the other side of the story. It's always that it's always vilifying women. And that is, that is continuing today. Like it's 2021 and it still happens today. I can guarantee you like, a woman that stands in their power, the trolls come out to play on the internet, in your dating apps, in, in person. Like I, I'm, it's probably only because of isolation. I can guarantee you it's been maybe about two years since I've had obnoxious cat calling and rude comments. And like, for the most part, my Tinder experiences have been okay. Um, but when internet dating was a thing in the beginning, I very distinctly remember the common theme is if you reject someone, they would blow up your inbox with all these nasty things about how you're this person, that person, well, you're ugly anyway, or well, you're this, you're that. Well, okay, dude, like you're an asshole. So <laughs> bye. Dodged Block a bullet there. <laughs> yeah, dodged a lot of bullets with that one, but it was just really fascinating to me to have that experience. And it's like, I can't believe that we're still doing this, but it also makes me wonder, just to play the other side of it for a moment, what's going on in the men's head collectively? that they need healing from because they're so tendon they, they have this tendency to vilify the women in their lives there's a lot of mother wounding there i'm sure but what else is going on patriarchy yeah <laughs> we like to scapegoat that a lot we'll talk about that we'll have to unpack that one in another day for sure yeah but i mean like if you actually sit down and think about it i mean I don't know. I mean, the way I look at it is that there was a, there was, there was an event that basically, and I don't know what this event was specifically, but when I rewind through my Akashics, one of the things that comes up is the whole follow the goddess situation and the patriarchy from at least my lensing and my, how I feel this kind of came to be just sort of stepped into it, right? Like, 
I'm not saying that the world was matriarchal prior to the patriarchy. I feel like it was more balanced. But once that, um, that scale had been tipped and we started seeing more of the patriarchy kind of step up, it was it more like we vilified not we, but it was more like they became vilified in and of themselves. And I think to try and like balance that vilification, they then in turn vilified the women. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was when Christianity stepped in and we went from like the polythe- polytheism to like a monotheism and like mm-hmm. having more of a balance between like gods and goddesses to just having one singular God. Mm -hmm. Um, or what specifically that was but it just it's really fascinating that like even if you just look at Christianity and like the roots of um, their I was gonna say their their mythos (laughs) but their belief system Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, like what happened Lilith was a a female who was empowered she was created I believe you know Adam and Eve not Adam and Eve Adam and Lilith were created equal yes Lilith stood up for herself she was Mm -hmm. vilified sent off out of the garden of Eden she then became the like the spawn of demons or whatever the whore Mm -hmm. of Babylon or whatever they ended up calling her (laughs) right um and uh (laughs) and then we created Eve out of Adam's uh rib right so where where did that come from why the need to you know, create a woman from the man. You know what I mean? Like, why did that happen? Why do we need to have women that are subservient? Why can't we just have that balance of power? You know what I mean? What's interesting about that, that's just pinging me, because like we've tracked with Lilith in the past and she steps forward in a very interesting way. And I could kind of hear her guttural chuckle when you brought her up. Yeah. But thinking, just thinking about like the Adam and Eve archetype and she was created from him. And so she's subservient. But if she was created from him, is she a mirror or is she an aspect of? Okay. But then now here's, here's Adam over here and here's Eve over here. And if she's created from him, but he's vilifying her as well, because if she's not, you know, staying in line or doing what he's expected of her, then really he's turning against himself. And that almost symbolizes to me that whole concept of the divine masculine and the divine feminine and how men are not raised to embody both. They're actually raised to shun the feminine mm-hmm. and stereotypical again, patriarchal, like almost, it's almost a hazing. I would almost call it a hazing um, of generations and the society of like, you know, boys don't wear pink, boys don't play with dolls, boys don't cry, suck it up, put on the brave face. Like I call bullshit on all of that. One of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen in a classroom was watching two young boys comfort each other when something sad happened at recess. And it escalated a little bit where I was like, I need to make a call here. And I'd had not, I didn't have the awareness that they were, they've already been friends for many, many years. And they were sitting on, you know, in the classroom group together. And the one boy was rubbing the other boys back and someone else in the room who was very stereotypical boy mentality, just based on the way they were raised, piped up and and asked me to like intervene. And I turned to look at the two that were like, you know, like comforting each other. And the one that was receiving the back rub said, it's okay, I'm okay with it. And I was like, 
well, thank you for speaking up and saying that, but please know that if it is ever, if it's ever uncomfortable for anyone, if someone else is doing that, like that's your body, you need to say, you need to set your boundaries. And I really just empowered it. And I thought, wow, I was so ready to shut it down and tell them to stop touching each other. But what a beautiful moment that this boy was comforting his other male friend at his young age. And it was so innocent and so loving and so calming. And it was just like, the most beautiful thing I think I can say, honestly, to take away from my teaching experience to see that mm-hmm. because we're so conditioned to sh- like shut that down. And the problem with that is that we don't teach boys that it's okay to talk about their emotions. It's not okay for them to express their emotions. So then what do they do instead? They bottle it up. And a lot of times it manifests as anger. And on the other flip of that is it also, it also um, amplifies the sadness and the grief within and there's a reason why men have a higher suicide rate than women. It's not just because they're more successful at it. It's because they really have a lot of internalized emotions that they don't know how to deal with. And they haven't been able to express it historically. And now we have one giant collective Akashic, like emotional resonance field that I can feel it's almost like it's bubbling up. And I do see a rise in a beautiful divine feminine and masculine balance coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have to seek out when I started the dating thing again. I was like, if I'm actually going to get myself out there, I need to see some actual male um, role models on the social media world that are actually doing the work because I had a really hard time believing that there was good guys out there for a really long time. Um, so it was really nice to be able to find those certain accounts on on Instagram that are just they're doing men's work with men to help other men heal. And it's just a big sigh of relief because that's where my safety in my own being is going to come back from because you don't feel safe around an angry man. But if you know that man can channel his anger into something positive mm-hmm. and still have that role of protection there, then it, it takes a lot of pressure off of you. And I used to work downtown and I wasn't necessarily ever threatened by any of the BS that went on downtown for the most part, the homeless are not harmful at all. They're actually just looking for attention and validation. And they're really just looking for somebody to look them in the eye. And I can spot, I can generally spot violence from a mile away. And I tend to energetically calm it or dodge it. But what a world would we live in if we knew that these men knew how to handle their anger in a healthy way, in a positive way, in a way to channel it that is not going to cause harm to themselves or to somebody else rather than the way that society has created it at the expense also of women. Because if women are constantly vilified by the men, how can they really show up to be that nurturing, loving being that the mothering archetype should be for them as well? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting that you mention that you know women are mirrors to men or that perspective that women can be mirrors to men because what do men often say is like the thing with women, right? Like what, what do they vilify about women? We're emotional, right? We're crazy. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Right. Which is, which is funny because when you look at it, they're suppressing their own emotions Mm -hmm. and then that's, you know, they're seeing the mirror of women can show their emotions and be emotional. Mm -hmm. And then they're vilifying that again. So they're taking that internalized like societal uh, norm Mm -hmm. and they're then projecting it outwards because I can't feel my emotions means that you can't also be valid in your emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Which is just, it's a really fascinating 
topic to really just explore, right? Like, Mm. where does that come from? Where did that start? You know what I mean? Why, why does it have to be that way? I feel a narcissist uh, archetype uh, podcast coming on. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that that could be fine. Um, (laughs) and, And it's, it's interesting too, because when did, when did the patriarchy become this villain? When did the patriarchy become this narcissistic type of society? Right. I'm seeing a mirror here also where when we joke, for the most part, when we say blame the patriarchy, fellas and ladies, we are actually joking. Yeah. (laughs) We are using it as a scapegoat. We recognize that, but that is the flip side of narcissism right there. The scapegoating, the vilifying. And if women are crazy, men are also crazy. (laughs) So saying, you know, doing the vilification of the patriarchy is not really any different than vilifying women under the label of witchcraft or, or crazy or emotional like how dare you show your emotion like well how dare you not show yours like what's really going on underneath that that you need to control someone else's emotions in addition to you thinking that you're actually in control of yours when you're really not mm-hmm. that's I don't know like that's just a it's fascinating to really look at and and just to like think about where I mean obviously this had some sort of start point right Mm -hmm. does it really matter like what I don't really feel like it matters what exactly the point of origin of all of this is it's more of I feel like it's kind of coming to a head Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in the current times and I feel like it is very likely that we will be seeing a shift soon like not soon but like I don't know within the next few decades maybe like I already feel like that's happening like a lot of a lot of the younger men that I'm aware of that's a weird way of phrasing it but that (laughs) I am I know of um are a little bit more open to displaying affection and displaying Mm -hmm. their emotions and they're feeling that you know and I know I definitely like um the people that I know of in my generation that are having kids now like uh, well at least a lot of my friend group have the mentality of like we want to empower our young like our young guys to be able to feel those emotions and not feel like they have to you know swallow them down or whatever right like maybe it's my mental health training maybe it's just you know I don't want to be the person who's like no 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 you can't cry because crying you're a man like that. No, you know, like that's, that's not, that's not right in my opinion. Um, and I reserve the right to have my own opinion. I am a woman after all, but I, I do believe I can have my own opinion. Um, but, uh, yeah, like just the idea of having that support and that, um, I don't know what the correct word is, but allowing my like if I ever had a son, allowing him to be able to explore the more divine feminine type of energies, just as much as I would empower my daughter to explore the divine masculine side, right? Mm-hmm. Like my daughter, she loves dinosaurs. She loves running and like playing hard. And she loves like getting in things. She loves doing like, um, uh, like she likes getting into like mud and things like that too. Like she's I mean, she's only two. It's not like I'm going to start genderizing everything for her. Mm. 
But it's just, it's one of those things where I feel like we need to take a step back and just allow people to be people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I am noticing as well with my, when I was working with child children and like teaching or childcare, I am already starting to see that trend as well with the youngers really being able to embody all sides of the gender roles, no matter how they choose to present themselves. And it's an interesting paradigm because when I was a kid, girls wore pink and boys wore, boys wore blue and it was the boys doing all the roughhousing all the time and girls weren't allowed to roughhouse. Well, I'm sorry, but if someone's going to threaten me physically or verbally and get in my face, I'm going to push you back when I was a kid anyway. I mean, I might still do it now, but there's an assault issue there. So I'm not going to go that to that route, but like, I'm definitely going to be in your space and make my boundaries well known that that's not okay. I have no problem taking care of myself in that aspect, but I also hate the fact that I feel like I have to being a single woman, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's almost, it doesn't really even allow me space to be the nurturing person when you're on guard all the time. Not that I have to, not that I like, I mean, I think I energetically feel like I'm on guard all the time, but I don't actually have to be, but it's just what I've been conditioned to do throughout my life because I've always been either labeled, I've, I've always been labeled the bully, even though I wasn't always the bully. Often I would find like, if you were to actually take a look at the whole picture of why I would react the way that I would, I was actually bullied quite a lot as a kid by men and by women. And teachers wouldn't necessarily believe my story because I was the loud one, I was the bigger one, and I was the pushier one because they would see me reacting, but they didn't see the 10 weeks prior of me being berated by my the person sitting beside me at a desk, constantly poking at my papers or poking at my body or making rude comments under their breath, you know? So you don't take a look at how all of that gets stacked up and then suddenly you finally lose your mind and you're like, enough, and you freak out and you push the person as a kid or you throw your pencil case at them or something ridiculous. And then I would get vilified for my actions because they were violent, which I understand. I'm not supporting violence in any any way, actually. I actually hate violence. Um, If I ever got to the point where I had to punch somebody or I was provoked to that, like I would legit be crying like a baby as soon as I got back to safety. Cause that's just how I like inherently I'm actually very quiet and shy and and anti-confrontational but I m- life has kind of conditioned me to be present as confrontational and present as that big energy and what I realized was that I'm actually more I present more masculine in my energy than I actually want to but it's not the healthy version of masculine either it's still that patriarchal you know don't cry you know all brawn kind of thing and that's just just it's like almost it's like a headache already. <laughs> it's a headache when people still assume that about me because it makes me question why you haven't taken the time to see who my true nature is underneath that all. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's, I mean, that's another topic for another day, just the whole <laughs> true nature and all that stuff. But it's, just, it's really interesting dynamic, I think. Just mm-hmm. the whole, like, vilifying women versus the patriarchy and how we, you know, we joke, but then under, under our jokes, there's always a thread of truth. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, granted, I have healed a lot of my wounding from the patriarchy. <laughs> I had a lot of it. That was one of the main reasons why I had that like really crazy revenge, revenge, revenge timeline. <laughs> so once I kind of healed that timeline, I, I was able to kind of pull a lot of that like triggered feeling off of, mm-hmm. um, like out of that kind of situation. 
but yeah, like it's, it's interesting. I don't know when, when will we get to a point when, you know, I don't have to feel uncomfortable walking home when it's dark out, whether you're like, just because I'm a woman, um, you know, and like, I'm a hundred pounds soaking wet kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still a small woman and like, I've had lots of times in my life where like, I actually sink. I don't even know if I sink my energy in, but it's like, I either blend in with my background. Like I I do something with my energy so that I'm invisible when I'm walking alone at night, which isn't often, but it happens. Um, and like, I've had people just like, not even straight up see me while walking because they can't see me. Or I try to make my, my energy seem, um, or like, you know, if I'm walking all, instead of just trying to make my energy seem some way, I'll also dress a certain way so that I don't get picked upon or, you know, targeted. Right. (laughs) And I would, (laughs) I'm laughing because I do the opposite because I like bold colors but I also project a don't fuck with me attitude when I'm out in public alone and have to be a little bit quote unquote on guard because of the area that I'm choosing to be in. So carry on. <laughs> That's so funny. Like we're like the opposites there. Cause yeah. I'm like, I'm like, don't, don't attack. Like, don't see me. Don't do anything. I'll dress kind of more like I'll try to not show off my figure and things like that. Um, <laughs> But it's, it's just like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, when will that stop being an issue? You know what I mean? When will I just be able to like, I don't know, do whatever the heck I want, go wherever the heck I want without having to have that like feeling of personal safety. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, especially now with having a child, like I have, Honestly, I have a lot of Akashics that I need to go through or, or not even Akashics because they might not even all be mine. Um, but I have a lot of records of like child safety and things like that. Right. Like, girl, I can tell you (laughs) this would be another hour, (laughs) but like having a small child and especially having a female child, like it, it is like a worry that I've had to like deal with and have to come up with how to, you know, not have that affect me because I'm concerned about like X, Y, Z, and I'm not going to name them because I'm not going to call them into my energy. Yeah. But you know, like when will that not be an issue? I would love to see that not be an issue in my lifetime. That's a really good question. And like me being the type of person that projects the energy of fuck around and find out, which is probably not going to end well for the other party. Um, just saying, because like my energetic boundaries are really strong. So I tend to bump the BS out of my field. It doesn't, it doesn't come attracted to me. I have a former colleague that would often project, like you could just feel that she was anxious about being in the downtown area. And I said to her one day, I was like, you realize the energy that you're projecting is attracting that in, Right. You need to get that fuck around and find out attitude. But to bring it back to like the aspect of children, like if I were to have a daughter, I wouldn't want her to have to walk around being on the defense and being an angry bitch all the time, which is what historically I have been known to be. Like, I'm actually not an angry bitch, you guys. I just project that sometimes. I just play that on TV sometimes. Like when I'm <laughs> triggered or when I'm traumatized, when the trauma's coming up, it's like, whoa, okay, like calm down I could very well be once I've actually unwound all of that and clear a lot of weight like I, I'm very confident that will be a completely different human and much more feminine in my presentation um 
But the idea of having to teach my daughter that like, heck yeah, my daughter's probably going to learn self-defense, but just because, and because it's fun and it's a good way to channel your energy and to just have that information. But I really hope she's able to live in a world that where she grows up where that's not even an issue. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually part of the whole point of a truly embodied divine masculine or divine feminine is knowing that you have the power but not needing to use it, not having to need to have that need to use it, which I think might even be a Buddhist um, belief system or like that um, warrior, like their belief of what a warrior really is. It's like, yeah, you have the training and you have the knowledge and you might be able to bring someone to, to your knees with the flick of your wrist, but it's also having the discipline to know that you don't need to do that, that there's other ways to resolve the conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really beautifully said, honestly. Mm -hmm. And again, if then our children are finally growing up in a world where they're free to play with dolls or trucks, no matter which gender they're, they present with, like, what kind of society is that going to bring forth in the next couple of generations? And it makes me think back also about like our grandparents and ancestors and a little further back down the line, if they were growing up in this situation where the women were vilified, what does a little boy see when his dad or his grandfather is posing a threat to his mother or grandmother physically or verbally or emotionally? That could go one of two ways. Either that child grows up and says, I'm, the, like, I'm never doing this to the women in my life, or they grow up thinking that this is okay and they don't know any better and they continue the cycle. Mm -hmm. but what does it what kind of impact does that have on a collective when we're vilifying the caregivers the nurturers the ones that are the medicine women the ones that have all of our plant knowledge the ones that understand how to work the land understand the patterns of the animals for hunting like how many stories are we not hearing about how it's actually the women who have um what's the word i'm looking for lifted up is not quite right the men empowered the men to be the warriors but then the men come back home from their hunt or the war that they were in and they come home to a nurturing home so like it's like that I, I, adage of like the queen always protects the king i think that's like a chess thing i don't know chess <laughs> but I, I remember seeing that meme recently so that's why it's popping up and when you really think about what that means it means that I see women and this whole idea of like the witchcraft being vilified, like what if these women were empowered instead to stand tall in their knowing with the man at their back, um, having a man behind them that knows that they have their back. It doesn't even just have to be like that heteronormative relationship dynamic, but that was historically what we knew to be true because the rest of it really wasn't open where a society is much different now. But just to think about I mean, if I was walking downtown and I had a man slightly step behind me knowing that this man was like my significant other or partner or protector or whatever, someone that I knew had my back, even if it was another female, that's still better because there's power numbers, but it really just hits differently when you have that, that sensation knowing that someone has your back, mm -hmm. literally, physically, emotionally, energetically, all of that. And that also makes me wonder who's got the men's back? It is a very good question. Because if they are turning against, like that whole idea of the patriarchal belief system and the narcissism and all that BS, 
it's a hot mess and we're trying to unwind it. But why are we also not looking at the trauma these men are experiencing? Because it takes a really traumatized person to be that angry to the point where they can become violent. Mm -hmm. Because even for my myself, like I was picked on daily at school. And then I would come home and get harassed by members of my family verbally, physically, but not in like a bad way, just like not respecting boundaries. Like when you, when you're like tickling someone too much and then they say no, but they don't stop at the no. And it gets to the point where it's effing annoying and you throw a remote at your brother. Cause she's just, just like, he doesn't want to stop. I don't know if I've ever done that, but just an example. Um, and then you get to that point where you're, you're so upset and annoyed and they haven't respected your boundaries. And then you react in a really irrational way because you've been tested for so long and you just finally snap. Like that's trauma. That reaction, that really angry outburst is trauma. So mm-hmm. what would the world look like if this trauma could actually subside, be healed, be let go of, and we can step forward empowering each other again? Because I really think that should, or that feels like that is an aspect of what the original blueprint of Earth was, but it got hijacked by all these different layers of things with the religions and the beliefs and the, the settling and moving moving yeah. countries and continents and and even the way we treat mother earth in general like we don't the system doesn't give a shit about mother earth i can't like i'm wondering when she's going to pop up a volcano in the middle of one of the parliament buildings just to <laughs> just to make her <laughs> presence known i'm still here i still own you you still live on me not the other way around oh. And like, let's just look here for a second. Didn't we just start the whole climate change thing? And oh, like, yeah. how many private jets went to this thing? Like 400? Or yeah, am I like being like wildly out of character there? But no, like, I think that's accurate. It's pretty close to like, accurate. 400 private jets flew to wherever the heck this climate change thing is happening. <laughs> Like, I just, I don't have words. Erin has, has no words. She just has <laughs> facial expressions. Mm. So for those of you listening to the podcast, go click to the YouTube video just to see the facial expressions because they are worth it. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to circle back to what you had said um, about like who would have the men's backs. And I feel like... Mm-hmm. When you're living in a society that has the balance between the divine masculine and divine feminine in however you want to embody those right in within yourself, I feel like they have to be some way balanced, right? Like the, the masculine takes care of the feminine who then takes care of the masculine. Like it's that beautiful circle that yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about how, I don't know, it was something about the mothers and things like that, like being the you know, the ones who know the hunting, like that, the way that the animals move, the plants, the plant medicine, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The word culture bringer kind of mm. came into my mind, but not quite, not quite bringer, but almost more of like the preserver, right? Like they're the ones mm. who are learning this, these things and knowing these things. And then when you wipe out, that's like that part of society, how much has actually like this just brings through a, a crazy story in my head and I cannot for the life of me remember what part of Africa it was, but I'm pretty sure there was a group, a tribe somewhere in Africa who had um, women being midwives 
and they would actually do like cesarean section, uh, like C-sections on the women who were pregnant and couldn't give birth vaginally. Vaginally. Wow. My words are slurring on me now. But these C-sections were like really like, well, as sterile as you can be without being in a hospital, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And like really well done. And like, they had a really low mortality rate to them and that kind of thing. And it was like, I can't remember what it was. I would have to find the article again, but it was really cool because it was like modern day people coming into this tribe that like had lived their own ways for centuries and had very little ways in terms of like modern medicine. And yet they were doing complex surgeries. Like how fascinating is that? And then, yeah, like if you wipe them out, like, you know, it, back in um, Europe, it, when the witch hunts started, you know, like how much history, how much culture, how much knowledge did you wipe out? It's like, to me, that was like the second burning of the, the library of Alexandria, right? Like, mm-hmm. ah, you just, yeah. the, the getting rid of knowledge like, blows my mind. That is something that like, I will leave, like, I will blow up friendships just for the fact that you've dog-eared my book. Like, I am that ridiculous about my books and my knowledge. You know when I borrow a book. <laughs> okay, I'm not, not that bad, but you destroy my, my books, I, I will, yeah. I will hold a grudge until I am 82, and then I will reconcile that later. Um <laughs> very accurate um it's very fascinating too that um a lot of men if you maybe not all of them but like a lot of men tend to idolize their mothers in some way but then treat the other women in their lives a very different way i feel like the opposite could also be true where they don't idolize the mom but then idolize others it's almost like it's got to be one or the other like I've I've seen both um but then is it authentic idolization and what happens when the idol falls like well you have this idea of who this person should be right those are those expectations projections and judgments and then they don't live up to that expectation of your false reality that you've created without ever looking at the true nature of that what that mother really needs or wants to be and then that fall from grace happens, quote unquote. And then is that where the vilification comes in? Rather than peeling away the layers and taking a look at what's true here and how to reconcile. And it's easy to make your mom wrong, whether you're male or female, because for the most part, she's still gonna love you. Mm-hmm. But it's shitty to see people treating their mom shitty and not also building her up for the things that she's done. And I mean, I know there are shitty mothers out there because I've also been witness to that with like other friends and whatnot. And um, nobody's perfect. I'm not saying women are perfect. This is not what this is about. And like to say, blame the patriarchy doesn't mean that the matriarchy is any better because there is a lot of stuff to unpack there. Mm -hmm. But that's part of that. That's part of that layer again, where like, now we have historically have had men vilifying women and then women grow up being catty bitches to each other too because we've learned that that's what you do you can't lift another woman up there's like jealousy and competition and all this cattiness and like 
how many times have I heard the stupid joke of like, how dare you wear the same dress as I to the, our friend's wedding? Like, who the fuck cares? I would take that as a compliment. It'd be funny. I actually did dress similar to someone else at a wedding once and we had a good laugh about it. We took family picture. But then also I went home and changed. So that's interesting, right? Like we, like I was, we dressed the same for the ceremony. And then when I went to the reception, I was in a different outfit. Um, but I mean, now I don't know that I would give a fuck. I would probably have posed for more pictures at the reception, but this is like 15 ish years ago, I think when that happened. So it's interesting to see how my own mindset has shifted. And again, if we've learned that it's okay to vilify each other, like almost, I feel like collectively now what we're seeing, we've seen men get vilified for their barbaric ways and then women got vilified. And now right now in 2021, what I'm almost seeing is that now everybody's getting vilified for everything and censorship is so ridiculously high, but censorship doesn't give you the truth. It actually takes away the threads of truth that are there and prevents you from coming to a holistic conclusion Mm -hmm. and if we keep hiding aspects because it offends somebody rather than working through the trigger of why you're offended we're not fixing things we're just repeating the cycle yeah (laughs) the world is uh is interesting that is for sure well and I hate to say it but I I feel like you know how they say it's always darkest before the dawn Mm -hmm. I feel like it's gonna get worse before it gets better um Mm -hmm. but here's hoping that it's going to get better very soon Mm -hmm. i do see that trajectory um but i can also see why it's hard to put faith or hope into that Mm -hmm. you know but with it being where we are in the world right now like we see what's happening and even people who were maybe in denial of what's happening are starting to wake up to the realities that there's a lot of misinformation out there in all directions and it's even harder right now to wade through the lies and to find the truth because there's both laced into all of it and it's so entangled that it's almost like I'd rather just take a rake to it than try and pluck the feathers I'd rather just take the rake and and like go through but it just makes me curious, like, when are we going to start to see that shift of leaders stepping up? Because what we're seeing right now is another witch hunt. Right now, 2021, it feels like a witch hunt. And whether you loved or hated the guy, it started with Donald Trump being president. Historic, well, like, in the media is what I mean by that. Like, whether you love him or you hate him, you still talked about him and you still had an opinion about him. I personally find him very entertaining and yes, offensive, obviously. He kind of just speaks out of his mouth, but doesn't necessarily have a filter or it's not always like well thought out. And unless you're really following along what he means, like some of the things that he has said historically in the last five or six years publicly where he's been vilified, you almost like there's like there's so many different nuanced meanings and what he says that if you don't understand all of those different nuances you're just going to automatically make a judgment well he's being this or he's being that and yes he has absolutely said harmful things but is there one person in the world historically that hasn't done something harmful and why do we have such a high expectation of leaders such as him such as like Justin Trudeau in Canada as well like 
why do we hold such a high reverence on one side but expectation on another where when when do they get the chance to express their growth i'm not saying that either one of these guys are going to do that but i just feel like you can't necessarily judge me for who i was five years ago because you definitely can't judge me for who i was 10 15 25 and 35 years ago either because i grew up believing certain words were okay to say but those words were actually very very offensive words to use but as a small child you don't know that but now you haven't seen me since I was five or six years old and you have that memory of me being this obnoxious child. Now you're going to judge me at my age now as the same person without giving that person the chance to prove you differently or to hold space for their healing and their shifting as well. Like, I'm not saying that you have to give pers- that person the benefit of the doubt, but if we're not leaving room for them to change, then where are we also not willing to change in our own? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's, that's interesting to note as well, because what I've seen over the last, I don't know, five, 10 years is we've looked back through history and we've judged people from his, like historic figures Mm -hmm. from today's standards. And yes, Mm. there is some... I don't know how to say it like it's it's good to look back and be like wow those things that we did back then those were shitty things we did we should not have done those things that was horrible let's make changes so we don't do those again mm-hmm. but you can't you can't judge that person or that individual based on today's standards and call that person now a horrible person because back in that society or that historic point of you know reference Mm -hmm. that would have been totally acceptable Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like so what I I guess what I'm trying to say is vilify the or not even vilify but like don't blame or vilify the person look at the society as a like a whole and then like make your judgments on that society you know because it's not Mm -hmm. that one person it was literally like I don't know let's look back at like, I don't know, the whole witch hunt thing, for example, right? We'll just circle back to the whole topic of this pod or this episode. So yeah, the witch hunts were horrible. We don't exactly know why they specifically started. Like, we don't know if it was something that was all a whole lie or was it something Mm. that like, I don't know, some sort of mold in the grain, whatever, right? Right. Yes. But looking back from like today's point of view yeah we'd be like oh wow those those townspeople of Salem they were whacked like what were they thinking but having witch hunts and you know vilifying women and I mean men were taken out by the whole witch hunts too like don't get me wrong that had happened Mm -hmm. but in that time frame that was a nor maybe not normal, but like, it was a more normal thing to do. Like we, you wouldn't see someone today being like, you're a witch and take you off to this, you know, burn you at the stake. Unless you look at, you know, certain cultures. And, um, cause I, I can't remember when the last, um, witch was burned, but it wasn't that too long ago. Yeah. It um, wasn't that long ago, actually. You're right. right? But like, you, you don't do that today. Right everyone can just like okay cool whatever dude like sure you're a witch Mm, okay Mm -hmm. um yeah it's true that I can safely say that I present as a witch and not have mm -hmm. to worry about directly being 
attacked for it, but I feel like some of it has become covert and it's a little more underground in a way where, and it is that borderline like narcissistic way of tearing a person down. Like, you know, first this, then this, then this, and then you try and break them. Then there's a psychological pattern that narcissists follow. Um, sadly, some of our systems are also following that same pattern right now, collectively. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just an interesting perspective on the whole thing. You know what else really grinds my gears and makes me question, and maybe this is like to round it all out, is why also as a society are we comfortable with vilifying others? Because not saying Donald Trump is perfect, but even with Biden being in, in power right now, like if you listen, the little snippets of the media that I do listen to, they trash talk him a lot as well. And okay, if we've had two presidents in a row now that have been shitty people and not a true representation of what America actually stands for, why have we become so tolerant to verbally abusing these people in power and these leaders like yes of course we have to hold them to a certain standard because they've chosen that path they want to be our leaders but it's really not any different than during the, the like the vilification of witches back in history either like why did we as a society become so comfortable with tearing each other apart and breaking systems down in that way rather than having a more communicative, collaborative, in communion type of um, society where we take, because there are tribes that still do this today where, you know, if someone is depressed or sad or has done some kind of act of, of like out of integrity within the tribe, they pull this person into the center of the tribe and they hold a ceremony for this person and they shower them with love and affection and nutritious food and they have, they do dances and all these different ceremonial aspects and each person will come up from that community and tell the person who is really feeling down or like if they, let's say they did some kind of act of violence, like then they come to the person who was the, like the, what's the word, like not the victim, the other, the other side, <laughs> what's the opposite of that? Um, yeah, that's it they would actually come to them and say and tell them something good about them and you know like we started doing this when I was teaching it's like you take the list the classroom list of kids and each kid has to write something positive about that and go through the whole list so then at the end of that school year that child goes home with a list of at least 30 positive affirmations that their classmates have seen about them like we're not why why aren't we doing that like I'm not saying we have to do that for people that are in leadership power but if that was the paradigm instead of the media vilification of these people in power maybe if we actually led by example in the media society would look different because the role models aren't living up to what my expectations are of society the media is not like living up to that expectation either and I actually I'd actually turns my stomach to listen to the news sometimes the way that they talk about other people and the way they vilify and it's the the language that is used right now is so inflammatory but I also think that that is intentional. Mm -hmm. So what is this, what, what purpose does that serve to continue to fan the flames on which the witches have burned? Yeah. So if we were going to just round out this episode, 
I don't like, I don't even know if I could come up with like ways that we could like, I mean, other than just be like, do better, don't vilify people, yeah. you know, like that kind mm-hmm. of the golden rule comes up to my mind, right? Like mm-hmm. treat people how you would want to be treated, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, where did that get lost? Cause I remember, was that Mr. Rogers? I don't remember. That might've been, I love Mr. Rogers episodes. He was a genuinely decent human being. And and I know like you and I are 10 years apart, but I grew up listening to Mr. Rogers, Mr. Dress Up from CBC mm-hmm. and um, Sesame Street. And they really helped build the foundations of the language that we use to speak to others. And I really am almost disgusted right now with society and the way that we have made it okay to vilify your neighbor because their thought process of what's going on in the world is different than yours. Instead of sitting down at the table and having a dinner and having the communion and and knowing that it's actually okay to have opposing sides exist but if you're holding your stake in the sand over here on one side and i'm holding my stake in the sand over here in the other all we're doing is pulling at the tension strings but what would happen if we let go of our stakes and let everything flow what's what's up the middle you know mm-hmm. yeah that's a good question and the language too, like, mm, I've, I mean, I was nitpicked at this when I was doing my teacher practicum, which I, I understand why now in hindsight, but it really bothered me at the time. But pointing out, you know, I was, I think it was, I always say, you guys, always saying you guys, because that's genderization of a, a group, right? Especially when, like, the birth rates, it's like two women to one, to one man in birth rate. So really, when I'm saying you guys, and, and two thirds of my class is female, like, it, it kind of, I can see how the guys may have felt targeted, but that wasn't necessarily my intention. That's just the language. And I feel like there's been a breakdown of the English language and, and academically as well. And I don't want to blame the media for this, but let's rather call the media out for what it is and maybe be able to call them forward into a better way. Um, because if those are the things that are shaping our world, the, the television shows that we watch, like when I was a kid, like all the shows we just mentioned um, and the news and the way that the news is speaking about others. I almost have learned better language listening to different podcasts that are often psychology based as well um, than what I see on the, the regular television. So maybe we'll see a shift in the next couple of years of where podcasts become the new information station rather than, because it's also more independent, right? Because like you and I have a podcast and I mean, yes, we have credibility for the stuff that we talk about, but we're not necessarily world famous right now. We don't have a giant platform yet. That's something that we're hoping to grow, obviously. Um, But if we are going to appeal to a certain crowd of people, it's likely because of the language that we're using and the thought processes that we have, that it offers an alternate paradigm to what we're seeing. And this is the teacher in me really wanting to call forward, like, we have to watch our language because that is the ultimate, like that is the ultimate way to build community. And when what you're saying, your experience is being denied by the language that's being used by the collective and you're not able, able to hold space for that person when they're explaining their side of the story or you're automatically instantly using inflammatory language that literally dehumanizes the human experience 
until that gets fully brought up, which I really see is amplified right now. Like there's a lot of angry people in the world. It's not just like my next door neighbors, so to speak, but we've really amplified all of that, which is, again, your Akashics are showing. We are repeating a cycle right now, but it isn't just a witchcraft of women or a, a witch hunt of women anymore. It is now a witch hunt on, on literally anything that doesn't fit the quote unquote narrative. Well, I didn't come here to push a fucking narrative. I came here to create a new one. And until we have more people rising up to that position where they're calling out the language for the bullshit that it is, and I ain't just talking about swears, because you can vilify me for swearing all you want, I'm still gonna tell you to fuck off. That's just who I am. <laughs> like, that's just who I am. That's how I react. Like, no, um, I don't necessarily mean it in an inflammatory or angry or hurtful way. And I try to be mindful of my swearing, especially around kids. I can turn my swearing off like magic when kids are around. As long as I know kids are around, I definitely am. I'm really, really great at not swearing. The one time I slipped, it was in the grade eight classroom and they thought it was the funniest thing ever. And those those kids, whenever they see me, they're now, I think they're graduated now already. Um, when they see me, that's what they remember about me. And they think it's funny because they're like, they told me that it actually made me a human to them, which is interesting because we put our teachers on a pedestal as well. And we have this expectation, mm-hmm. but it's really up to us as teachers, parents and adults to just show the way um, and I, I'm really disappointed in what I see in society right now, because the way that's being shown is not the only way. And until that other side of the story gets brought to the surface, we're going to continue to dehumanize each other. And that's where the disconnect is in society right now. And that's where the majority of the trauma and the emotional problems that we're going to see coming to the surface in the next couple of years are coming from what's happening and the way we speak to each other right now. Yeah, I see that happening. Mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. yeah so moral of the story is everyone do better be better don't be mean be yeah. nice what is it that thumper says if you don't have anything nice, nice to, to say, say don't, don't say, say nothing anything at all thumper's <laughs> so sweet mm. yeah that so, is really my hope for the world just Let's take a look. Let's just press pause on spitting bullshit out of our mouths for a moment. Take a breath and really think about the words that you are saying to yourself, your inner voices, and the words that you're expressing outwards. And really ask yourself, like, if you're willing to vilify your neighbor because they don't agree with you on the world stage, would you be willing to go stand in front of a mirror in your own bathroom and say the same words to yourself? Because if you can't, if you wouldn't be willing to speak that way to yourself, then you probably shouldn't be speaking it outwardly either. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, if you are already speaking to yourself with that inner voice in that way, then I hope that you can find someone else to speak to that helps to see yourself in a different light and in a different language. Because if we're not vilifying others, we're vilifying ourselves and it seems to be the norm. And that is ultimately what I hope that our collective circle of healers are able to clear away in the next coming years because I can really feel that collective pain and it needs to be moved out. And I feel like we're getting to that breaking point. And it's interesting that energetically things are gonna get a little more hairy scary before it gets better. but I think now is also the time that those people that may not have been aware of the language they're using, the way they're speaking to the neighbors and the beliefs and the thought processes that they have about others and the judgments that they're making about others right now in society, um, 
like how much of that is actually a mirror of yourself and someone else has has maybe spoken to you that way at some point and so you're just projecting it outwards and to bring that into awareness so that I think that's like the first step in the healing process is actually recognizing what you're doing and a lot of people are starting to kind of come out of that haze and that fog that we've been in since the lockdown started um but now a lot of us also don't necessarily know how what to do with the anger and the trauma that that has caused Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know it's just it's interesting to note like there's a whole lot of triggers coming up for people there's a lot of mirroring happening like Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're on one side of the like one side of that duality maybe looking towards the other side of the duality seeing that maybe that's a mirror for you right like if you see someone standing so strongly in their conviction where what like what's the trigger with that you know and then tracking into that or like trying to figure out like why why is that happening why does this make me upset right mm-hmm. um yeah it's just I don't know. Be nice, guys. Play nice, <laughs> children. Yeah. <laughs> but, and if you're not able to, then start asking why. Start asking yourself why. Why do I feel that way? Why do I want to use these words? Where did I learn this language from? Where is this coming from? Why do I believe this stuff? Is this even mine? Yes. Is this truth? Or is this just somebody's truth? Like, truth and being something believing something to be true and being truth are not the same thing mm-hmm. yeah that could be a whole another episode <laughs> so post on my instagram account <laughs> it's true it's true it is. It is. awesome well um before we get too long toothed in the episode maybe yeah. we should uh, wrap it up here any final yeah. words I have <laughs> I have no <laughs> thoughts is what I was going to say, which I jokingly said to a friend of mine, it's rather than saying, I don't know, the answer <laughs> should be, I have no thoughts, which is, which sounds so old world and rich and, and funny as fuck too. <laughs> I have no thoughts. That's funny. I have no thoughts on this. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that was a wild ride of like witchcraft to vilification of anything. So. Was, yeah absolutely that's good lots of parallels happening right now in the world with history and so again the earth's akashics are showing yeah the earth's akashics, akashics are showing so mm-hmm. if you're seeing these repeating patterns you're feeling that you don't know what to do with your anger um or any other emotion that are coming up you're not really sure to handle the collective chaos that's happening right now please please reach out to one of us um, we would be happy to take you on as a client and help you navigate this nonsense and also hit us up both on our socials because we have some beautiful things that are posted and written in those uh, Instagram posts that we have and Facebook posts that we have um, that are a little more organized in our, I'm a little more organized in my thoughts when I write for my Instagram than I am when I speak, but I tend to come back around eventually. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for coming along for the ride, you guys and you gals. See, yeah, I just did it. <laughs> I, well, society, damn it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. It well, is what thank- it is. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of our podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. If you want to find us, hit us up on our socials. Uh, We also have a podcast social. 
uh, well, mm-hmm. what is it? Enter the, and en- I was going to say enter the podcast again. Again, <laughs> enter the Vortex podcast is uh, how you find us on Instagram. And on Facebook. And on Facebook. Yeah. And on YouTube. And, and on YouTube. And if you are listening to this on any of the awesome podcast platforms, please hit us up with a follow, um, watch every, I'm going to try to say Mondays are going to be the days we upload um, the next episode. So, you know, watch for us on Mondays and we will have the new episodes posted. Otherwise, I guess we'll, uh, well, we don't see them and they don't, we don't hear from them. So it's more like you'll hear us. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Awesome. Well, take care, everyone. Mm -hmm. And have a good good time. Bye.